chapter twenty two of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty two i mary let me have him to sit under he's like to be a cold soldier falstaff barnstable lingered on the sands for a few minutes until the footsteps of dillon and the coxswain were no longer audible when he ordered his men to launch their boat once more into the surf while the seamen pulled leisurely towards the place he had designated as the point where he would await the return of tom the lieutenant first began to entertain serious apprehensions concerning the good faith of his prisoner now that dillon was beyond his control his imagination presented in very vivid colours several little circumstances in the other's conduct which might readily excuse some doubts of his good faith and by the time they had reached the place of rendezvous and had cast a light grapnel into the sea his fears had rendered him excessively uncomfortable leaving the lieutenant to his reflections on this unpleasant subject we shall follow dillon and his fearless and unsuspecting companion in their progress towards st ruth the mist to which tom had alluded in his discussion with his commander on the state of the weather appeared to be settling nearer to the earth and assuming more decidedly the appearance of a fog hanging above them in sluggish volumes but little agitated by the air the consequent obscurity added deeply to the gloom of the night and it would have been difficult for one less acquainted than dillon with the surrounding localities to find the path which led to the dwelling of colonel howard after some little search this desirable object was effected and the civilian led the way with rapid strides towards the abbey ay ay said tom who followed his steps and equalled his paces without any apparent effort you sure people have an easy way to find your course and distance when you get into the track i was once left by the craft i belonged to in boston to find my way to plymouth which is a matter of fifteen leagues or there away and so finding nothing was bound up the bay after lying by for a week i concluded to haul aboard my land tax i spent the better part of another week in a search for some hooker on board which i might work my passage across the country for money was as scarce then with old tom coffin as it is now and is likely to be unless the fisheries get a good luff soon but it seems that nothing but your horse-flesh and horned cattle and jackasses are privileged to do the pulling and hauling in your shore hookers and i was forced to pay a week's wages for a berth besides keeping a banyan on a mouthful of bread and cheese from the time we hove up in boston till we came to in plymouth town it was certainly an unreasonable exaction on the part of the wagoners from a man in your situation said dillon in a friendly soothing tone of voice that denoted a willingness to pursue the conversation my situation was that of a cabin passenger returned the coxswain for there was but one hand forward besides the cattle i mentioned that was he who steered and an easy berth he had of it for there his course lay atween walls of stone and fences and as for his reckoning why they had stuck up bits of stone on an end with his day's work 
footed up ready to his hand every half league or so besides the landmarks were so plenty that a man with half an eye might steer her and no fear of getting to leeward you must have found yourself as it were in a new world observed dillon why to me it was pretty much the same as if i had been set afloat in a strange country though i may be said to be a native of those parts being born on the coast i had often heard shoremen say that there was as much art as water in the world which i always set down as a rank lie for i have sailed with a flowing sheet months and end without falling in with as much land or rock as would answer a gull to lay its eggs on but i will own that atween boston and plymouth we were out of sight of water for as much as two full watches dillon pursued this interesting subject with great diligence and by the time they reached the wall which enclosed the large paddock that surrounded the abbey the coxswain was deeply involved in a discussion of the comparative magnitude of the atlantic ocean and the continent of america avoiding the principal entrance to the building through the great gates which communicated with the court in front dillon followed the windings of the wall until it led them to a wicket which he knew was seldom closed for the night until the hour for general rest had arrived their way now lay in the rear of the principal edifice and soon conducted them to the confused pile which contained the offices the coxswain followed his companion with a confiding reliance on his knowledge and good faith that was somewhat increased by the freedom of communication that had been maintained during their walk from the cliffs he did not perceive anything extraordinary in the others stopping at the room which had been provided as a sort of barracks for the soldiers of captain burrowcliffe a conference which took place between dillon and the sergeant was soon ended when the former beckoned to the coxswain to follow and taking a circuit round the whole of the offices they entered the abbey together by the door through which the ladies had issued when in quest of the three prisoners as has been already related after a turn or two among the narrow passages of that part of the edifice tom whose faith in the facilities of land navigation began to be a little shaken found himself following his guide through a long dark gallery that was terminated at the end toward which they were approaching by a half-open door that admitted a glimpse into a well-lighted and comfortable apartment to this door dillon hastily advanced and throwing it open the coxswain enjoyed a full view of the very scene that we described in introducing colonel howard to the acquaintance of the reader and under circumstances of great similitude the cheerful fire of coal the strong and glaring lights the tables of polished mahogany and the blushing fluids were still the same in appearance while the only perceptible change was in the number of those who partook of the cheer the master of the mansion and burrowcliffe were seated opposite to each other employed in discussing the events of the day and diligently pushing to and fro the glittering vessel that contained a portion of the generous liquor they both loved so well a task which each moment rendered lighter if kit would but return exclaimed the veteran whose back was to the opening door bringing with him his honest brows encircled as they will be or ought to be with laurel i should be the happiest old fool borrowcliffe in his majesty's realm of great britain the captain who felt the necessity for the unnatural restraint he had imposed on his thirst to be removed by the capture of his enemies pointed towards the door with one hand while he grasped the sparkling reservoir of the south side with the other and answered lo the cacique himself his brow inviting the diadem ha who have we in his highness strain 
by the lord sir cacique if you travel with a bodyguard of such grenadiers old frederick of prussia himself will have occasion to envy you the corps a clear six-footer in nature's stockings and the arms as unique as the armed the colonel did not however attend to half of his companion's exclamations but turning he beheld the individual he had so much desired and received him with a delight proportioned to the unexpectedness of the pleasure for several minutes dylan was compelled to listen to the rapid questions of his venerable relative to all of which he answered with a prudent reserve that might in some measure have been governed by the presence of the coxswain tom stood with infinite composure leaning on his harpoon and surveying with a countenance where wonder was singularly blended with contempt the furniture and arrangements of an apartment that was far more splendid than any he had before seen in the meantime burrowcliffe entirely disregarded the private communications that passed between his host and dylan which gradually became more deeply interesting and finally drew them to a distant corner of the apartment but taking a most undue advantage of the absence of the gentleman who had so lately been his boon companion he swallowed one potation after another as if a double duty had devolved on him in consequence of the desertion of the veteran whenever his eye did wander from the ruby tints of his glass it was to survey with unrepressed admiration the inches of the coxswain about whose stature and frame there were numberless excellent points to attract the gaze of a recruiting officer from this double pleasure the captain was however at last summoned to participate in the counsels of his friends dylan was spared the disagreeable duty of repeating the artful tale he had found it necessary to palm on the colonel by the ardour of the veteran himself who executed the task in a manner that gave to the treachery of his kinsman every appearance of a justifiable artifice and of unshaken zeal in the cause of his prince in substance tom was to be detained as a prisoner and the party of barnstable were to be entrapped and of course to share a similar fate the sunken eye of dylan cowered before the steady gaze which burrowcliffe fastened on him as the latter listened to the plaudits the colonel lavished on his cousin's ingenuity but the hesitation that lingered in the soldier's manner vanished when he turned to examine their unsuspecting prisoner who was continuing his survey of the apartment while he innocently imagined the consultations he witnessed were merely the proper and preparatory steps to his admission into the presence of mr griffith drill said burrowcliffe aloud advance and receive your orders the coxswain turned quickly at this sudden mandate and for the first time perceived that he had been followed into the gallery by the orderly and two files of the recruits armed take this man to the guard-room and feed him and see that he dies not of thirst there was nothing alarming in this order and tom was following the soldiers in obedience to a gesture from their captain when their steps were arrested in the gallery by the cry of halt on recollection drill said burrowcliffe in a tone from which all dictatorial sounds were banished show the gentleman into my own room and see him properly supplied the orderly gave such an intimation of his comprehending the meaning of his officer as the latter was accustomed to receive when burrowcliffe returned to his bottle and the coxswain followed his guide with an alacrity and goodwill that were not a little increased by the repeated mention of the cheer that awaited him luckily for the impatience of tom the quarters of the captain were at hand and the promised entertainment by no means slow in making its appearance the former was an apartment that opened from a lesser gallery which communicated with the principal passage already mentioned and the latter was a bountiful but ungarnished supply of that staple of the british isles called roast beef of which the kitchen of colonel howard was never without a due and loyal provision the sergeant who certainly understood one of the signs of his captain to imply an attack on the citadel of the coxswain's brain 
mingled with his own hands a potation that he styled a rummer of grog and which he thought would have felled the animal itself that tom was so diligently masticating had it been alive and in its vigour every calculation that was made on the infirmity of the coxswain's intellect under the stimulus of jamaica was however futile he swallowed glass after glass with prodigious relish but at the same time with immovable steadiness and the eyes of the sergeant who felt it incumbent to do honour to his own cheer were already glistening in his head when happily for the credit of his heart a tap at the door announced the presence of his captain and relieved him from the impending disgrace of being drunk blind by a recruit as burrowcliffe entered the apartment he commanded his orderly to retire adding mr dillon will give you instructions which you are implicitly to obey drill who had sense enough remaining to apprehend the displeasure of his officer should the latter discover his condition quickened his departure and the coxswain soon found himself alone with the captain the vigour of tom's attacks on the remnant of the sirloin were now much abated leaving in its stead that placid quiet which is apt to linger about the palate long after the cravings of the appetite have been appeased he had seated himself on one of the trunks of burrowcliffe utterly disdaining the use of a chair and with the trencher in his lap was using his own jackknife on the dilapidated fragment of the ox with something of that nicety with which the female ghoul of the arabian tales might be supposed to pick her rice with the point of her bodkin the captain drew a seat nigh the coxswain and with a familiarity and kindness infinitely condescending when the difference in their several conditions is considered he commenced the following dialogue i hope you have found your entertainment to your liking mr uh, uh, i must own my ignorance of your name tom said the coxswain keeping his eyes roaming over the contents of the trencher commonly called long tom by my shipmates you have sailed with discreet men and able navigators it will seem as they understood longitude so well rejoined the captain but you have a patronymic i would say another name coffin returned the coxswain i am called tom when there is any hurry such as letting go the halyards or a sheep long tom when they want to get to windward of an old seaman by fair weather and long tom coffin when they wish to hail me so that none of my cousins of the same name about the island shall answer for i believe the best man among them can't measure much over a fathom taking him from his headworts to his heel you are a most deserving fellow cried burrowcliffe and it is painful to think to what a fate the treachery of mr dillon has consigned you the suspicions of tom if he ever entertained any were lulled to rest too effectually by the kindness he had received to be awakened by this equivocal lament he therefore after renewing his intimacy with the rummer contented himself by saying with a satisfied simplicity i am consigned to no one carrying no cargo but this mr dillon who is to give me mr griffith in exchange or go back to the ariel himself as my prisoner ah my good friend i fear you will find when the time comes to make this exchange that he will refuse to do either but i'll be darned if he don't do one of them my orders are to see it done and back he goes or mr griffith who is as good a seaman for his years as ever trod a deck slips his cable from this here anchorage burrowcliffe affected to eye his companion with great commiseration an exhibition of compassion that was however completely lost on the coxswain whose nerves were strung to their happiest tension by his repeated libations while his wit was if anything quickened by the same cause though his own want of guile rendered him slow to comprehend its existence in others perceiving it necessary to speak plainly the captain renewed the attack in a more direct manner i am sorry to say that you will not be permitted to return to the ariel and that your commander mr barnstable will be a prisoner within the hour and in fact that your schooner will be taken before the morning breaks 
who'll take her asked the coxswain with a grim smile on whose feelings however this combination of threatened calamities was beginning to make some impression you must remember that she lies immediately under the heavy guns of a battery that can sink her in a few minutes an express has already been sent to acquaint the commander of the work with the ariel's true character and as the wind has already begun to blow from the ocean her escape is impossible the truth together with its portentous consequences now began to glare across the faculties of the coxswain he remembered his own prognostics on the weather and the helpless situation of the schooner deprived of more than half her crew and left to the keeping of her boy while her commander himself was on the eve of captivity the trencher fell from his lap to the floor his head sunk on his knees his face was concealed between his broad palms and in spite of every effort the old seaman could make to conceal his emotion he fairly groaned aloud for a moment the better feelings of borough cliff prevailed and he paused as he witnessed this exhibition of suffering in one whose head was already sprinkled with the marks of time but his habits and the impressions left by many years passed in collecting victims for the wars soon resumed their ascendancy and the recruiting officer diligently addressed himself to an improvement of his advantage i pity from my heart the poor lads whom artifice or mistaken notions of duty may have led astray and who will thus be taken in arms against their sovereign but as they are found in the very island of britain they must be made examples to deter others i fear that unless they can make their peace with government they will all be condemned to death let them make their peace with god then your government can do but little to clear the log account of a man whose watch is up for this world but by making their peace with those who have the power their lives may be spared said the captain watching with keen eyes the effect his words produced on the coxswain it matters but little when a man hears the messenger pipe his hammock down for the last time he keeps his watch in another world though he goes below in this but to see wood and iron that has been put together after such moulds as the aerials go into strange hands is a blow that a man may remember long after the purser's books have been squared against his name for ever i would rather that twenty shots should strike my old carcass than one should haul the schooner that didn't pass out above her water-line burcliffe replied somewhat carelessly i may be mistaken after all and instead of putting any of you to death they may place you all on board the prison ships where you may yet have a merry time of it these ten or fifteen years to come how's that shipmate cried the coxswain with a start a prison ship do you say you may tell them they can save the expense of one man's rations by hanging him if they please and that is old tom coffin there is no answering for their caprice to-day they may order a dozen of you to be shot for rebels to-morrow they may choose to consider you as prisoners of war and send you to the hulks for a dozen years tell them brother that i am a rebel will you and you'll tell em no lie one that's has fought them since manly's time in boston bay to this hour i hope the boy will blow her up it would be the death of poor richard's barnstable to see her in the hands of the english i know of one way said burrowcliffe affecting to muse and but one that will certainly avert the prison ship for on second thoughts they will hardly put you to death name it friend cried the coxswain rising from his seat in evident perturbation and if it lies in the power of man it shall be done nay said the captain dropping his hand familiarly on the shoulder of the other who listened with the most eager attention tis easily done and no dreadful thing in itself you are used to gunpowder and know its smell from otto of roses ay ay cried the impatient old seaman i have had it flashing under my nose by the hour what then why then what i have to propose will be nothing to a man like you you found the beef wholesome and the grog mellow ay ay all well enough but what is that to an old sailor asked the coxswain unconsciously grasping the collar of burrowcliffe's coat in his agitation what then the captain manifested no displeasure at this unexpected familiarity but with suavity as he unmasked the battery 
from behind which he had hitherto carried on his attacks why then you have only to serve your king as you have before served the congress and let me be the man to show you your colours the coxswain stared at the speaker intently but it was evident he did not clearly comprehend the nature of the proposition and the captain pursued the subject in plain english enlist in my company my fine fellow and your life and liberty are both safe tom did not laugh aloud for that was a burst of feeling in which he was seldom known to indulge but every feature of his weather-beaten visage contracted into an expression of bitter ironical contempt burrowcliffe felt the iron fingers that still grasped his collar gradually tightening about his throat like a vice and as the arm slowly contracted his body was drawn by a power that it was in vain to resist close to that of the coxswain who when their faces were within a foot of each other gave vent to his emotions in words a messmate before a shipmate a shipmate before a stranger a stranger before a dog but a dog before a soldier as tom concluded his nervous arm was suddenly extended to the utmost the fingers relinquishing their grasp at the same time and when burrowcliffe recovered his disordered faculties he found himself in a distant corner of the apartment prostrate among a confused pile of chairs tables and wearing apparel in endeavouring to rise from this humble posture the hand of the captain fell on the hilt of his sword which had been included in the confused assemblage of articles produced by his overthrow how now scoundrel he cried bearing the glittering weapon and springing on his feet you must be taught your distance i perceive the coxswain seized the harpoon which leaned against the wall and dropped its barbed extremity within a foot of the breast of his assailant with an expression of the eye that denoted the danger of a nearer approach the captain however wanted not for courage and stung to the quick by the insult he had received he made a desperate parry and attempted to pass within the point of the novel weapon of his adversary the slight shock was followed by a sweeping whirl of the harpoon and burrowcliffe found himself without arms completely at the mercy of his foe the bloody intentions of tom vanished with his success for laying aside his weapon he advanced upon his antagonist and seized him with an open palm one more struggle in which the captain discovered his incompetency to make any defence against the strength of a man who managed him as if he had been a child decided the matter when the captain was passive in the hands of his foe the coxswain produced sundry pieces of senate marline and rattling stuff from his pockets which appeared to contain as great a variety of small cordage as a boatswain's storeroom and proceeded to lash the arms of the conquered soldier to the posts of his bed with a coolness that had not been disturbed since the commencement of hostilities a silence that seemed inflexible and a dexterity that none but a seaman could equal when this part of his plan was executed tom paused a moment and gazed around him as if in quest of something the naked sword caught his eye and with this weapon in his hand he deliberately approached his captive whose alarm prevented his observing that the coxswain had snapped the blade asunder from the handle and that he had already encircled the ladder with marline for god's sake exclaimed burrowcliffe murder me not in cold blood the silver hilt entered his mouth as the words issued from it and the captain found while the line was passed and repassed in repeated involutions across the back of his neck that he was in a condition to which he often subjected his own men when unruly and which is universally called being gagged the coxswain now appeared to think himself entitled to all the privileges of a conqueror for taking the light in his hand he commenced a scrutiny into the nature and quality of the worldly effects that lay at his mercy sundry articles that belonged to the equipments of a soldier were examined and cast aside with great contempt and divers garments of plainer exterior were rejected as unsuited to the frame of the victor he however soon encountered two articles of a metal that is universally understood but uncertainty as to their use appeared greatly to embarrass him the circular prongs of these curiosities were applied to either hand to the wrist and even to the nose and the little wheels at their opposite extremity were turned and examined 
with as much curiosity and care as a savage would expend on a watch until the idea seemed to cross the mind of the honest seaman that they formed part of the useless trappings of a military man and he cast them aside also as utterly worthless burrowcliff who watched every movement of his conqueror with a good humour that would have restored perfect harmony between them could he but have expressed half what he felt witnessed the safety of a favourite pair of spurs with much pleasure though nearly suffocated by the mirth that was unnaturally repressed at length the coxswain found a pair of handsomely mounted pistols a sort of weapon with which he seemed quite familiar they were loaded and the knowledge of that fact appeared to remind tom of the necessity of departing by bringing to his recollection the danger of his commander and of the aerial he thrust the weapons into the canvas belt that encircled his body and grasping his harpoon approached the bed where burrowcliff was seated in duress hark ye friend said the coxswain may the lord forgive you as i do for wishing to make a soldier of a seafaring man and one who has followed the waters since he was an hour old and one who hopes to die off soundings and to be buried in brine i wish you no harm friend but you'll have to keep a stopper on your conversation till such time as some of your messmates call in this way which i hope will be as soon after i get an offing as may be with these amicable wishes the coxswain departed leaving burrowcliff the light and the undisturbed possession of his department though not in the most easy or the most enviable situation imaginable the captain heard the bolt of his lock turn and the key rattle as the coxswain withdrew it from the door two precautionary steps which clearly indicated that the vanquisher deemed it prudent to secure his retreat by ensuring the detention of the vanquished for at least a time End of chapter twenty two